Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Welcome to this latest edition of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. In today's edition, you are going to hear about everything from how to hem pants to sniper sights to uh, wiping the board clean and zero points. And we are also going to discuss where does inspiration come from and can you force ideas into existence? So stay tuned, keep listening and enjoy the ride. Here we go. Ed Egbert, Ed, Ed, Egbert, Egberton. Uh, hold on, let me check my name badge. Yes, that could be me. How the devil are you? Good morning, <laughs> sir. Good morning, sir. How are you? You have too many letters in your last your surname. It's just well, too hard to no, pronounce. Um, I don't. I have five, which is fewer than yours, but. Um, sorry, I'm just untangling a cable here. But uh, as my father used to point out, there are only five letters in our surname and nobody can spell it. I'm just going to switch the headphones. Hold on one second. Well, I was going to say you sound a little echoey like you're on speaker. There, is that better? Uh, well, it's, it's still you, but I guess the sound yeah. is better. That's, yeah, I know. There's, there's always a downside. So, <laughs> just can't have everything. <sighs> Actually, it sounds the same. I don't think it switched over. So uh, that's no, it definitely did because I have the headphones clamped over my ears, and I, the only way I would be able to hear you, is because the headphones are clamped over my ears. I actually unplugged a set of speakers, and plugged in the headphones, so that your voice doesn't come out with an echo through my microphone, like it did the first time. Oh, I thought you were saying you were changing the microphone. No, I was saying the microphone. Your mic will sound the same. The microphone will be exactly the same. I didn't expect there to be a change of sound at your end. That was your expectation. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Silly me. I, I didn't say it will sound different at your end. I just said I'm just switching over to headphones, um, which meant that while I unplugged and plugged in the headset, there was like two seconds when I thought I might not be able to hear you, but that it was fine anyway. <laughs> I love how we managed to fill up time with completely unnecessary conversation. <laughs> It, it felt in the moment, it felt very necessary. That's all that matters. Exactly. Exactly to you, it did. <laughs> to me, because I knew exactly what was going on. This is part of uh, the, um, I don't know whether it's a downside, but part of the effect of not using video. Because if I was using video, or we were using video, you'd have been able to see what I was doing. And then you wouldn't have questioned it. <laughs> 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 oh, and now everybody on nah. I unplugged a little little jack plug and plugged in a different one. And now I'm gonna get nice hot ears like I usually do on a Tuesday. Um oh. by the end of this, because these are very Good. very big headphones. 
uh, earphones, headphones. No, they're headphones. Anyway, so um, I don't know. The... No, I'm not sure I know the difference. What's uh, what's what's been catching your attention? It's been two weeks since we uh, since we made one of these. So I know it's been, it's been a while. We've been missing out. Wait, did you already start this thing? Yes, we're recording. Oh. You always <laughs> oh, tell me off when I don't start the recording straight away, so I just oh hit it. Let's go. Yeah, because you usually our our best bits are before you hit the record button, yeah. as with today. <laughs> as with today, which I definitely can't edit that out. I will leave that in, so anybody who ever listens to this will know about my headphones. Yeah, who who, who would have thought? I mean, huh? Can you imagine if we had missed all of that? Was it recorded? Absolute gold. (laughs) Well, I just I just got a um, notification. One of my people I subscribe to launched a new book. I was literally right before this started reading the um, the brief description of it, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it reminds me of something I think you may have even talked about before. So, I. I love when I love when new trends and stuff come out as like a, a set rule, um, because then people like breaking them. It's great. So you've heard about the the standard worldwide just accepted the ten thousand hour rule to become good at something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. This uh, this the new book by James Altucher. And I'm not sure if I'm even saying that right. Um, I think I got the first name pronounced correctly though <laughs> yes, you might um, know somebody with that name yeah i got that one had some practice you couldn't do my surname but, so one out of three is not bad yeah no egg egg burton for shire is hard hard to say for americans <laughs> <laughs> and for british people um, to be honest <laughs> tell me anybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just tough. Just we'll just go by uh, T T E. You buy T-E. initials in T E to slow. Can't even do that right. <laughs> so this uh, this uh, of yours has written a book. Uh, so far, that's all I know. It's <laughs> yes, it's it's called Skip the Line. Right. Um, and it's like I said, reading the brief description, it's about basically busting the myth of the ten thousand hours, how to become an expert much, much sooner and skip to the front of the line. Right. In different in all he's trying to say it's all different industries where Yeah, so I'm kinda of curious. So even the you know, like becoming a great guitarist, you know, same thing that real dude it's a great you know, you gotta mm-hmm. put in ten thousand hours worth of practice on it. So he's saying if he's saying I can do it in a weekend, you know, I can do it in three clicks and be an expert by the weekend. He's starting to sound a little bit more and more like a marketer every day. <laughs> well, yeah. So, okay. So you obviously, since you only just found out about this book, you haven't read it. So we can't really comment on um, the hypothesis. No, but I, I remember, I thought I remembered you telling me something about one of the books you were reading a while back that was on a similar thread saying that that busting the 10,000 hour rule myth. I just, I feel like that came up between us before hmm. <clears throat> and was, that you that, were reading that something that was, that was saying, read an entire book in 20 minutes. I never finished it. Um, 
<laughs> no, useless. I, <laughs> I don't actually recall. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of our conversations, but I don't that that uh, having a book with that notion in it doesn't especially ring a bell. But of course, I've. It's not a new notion that you can master things. I mean, I saw. I mean, people must be aware of this. I've seen. I saw physically seen Tony Robbins talk about it and allegedly, anyway, demonstrate his ability to do that by um, breaking wood with a karate chop, which he does, I imagine still does at every single Unleash the Power Within live event that he's ever given. And he, his, I can't remember, obviously word for word, but his, uh, his preamble to, to doing that is saying, you know, this is, you know, black belt karate stuff. And I had like, you know, I can't remember, two hours of lessons and modeled the masters. And then he, somebody comes out with, uh, onto the stage with, you know, a great big slab of wood. And uh, mm -hmm. he, he punches, punches it through and breaks it with his bare hand uh, without actually breaking his hand, um, which is, you know, it's quite impressive to see it on stage. Now, whether he really did have whatever the amount of training he claims to have had, um, I don't know. But the guitarist thing interests me because I am a guitarist and um, mm -hmm. I, I've never counted the amount of hours of practice I put in. It probably still isn't 10,000. I've only been playing 50 years. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, sound like enough. No, not enough. Um, so uh, that's a very interesting one because I think that with um, a, a dexterous skill, mastering a musical instrument, uh, I don't know if there's a substitute for, I can see that you could learn the music theory very fast. I could see that that would be uh, enough, but the actual physical moving of your hands and fingers so that they play accurately every time and you know where the notes are and I mean there's muscle strength involved and there's muscle memory involved and the other comparative skill that I would suggest uh, we consider would be learning to drive because you know mm -hmm. would would you I don't know how, it definitely doesn't take 10,000 hours to learn to drive a car. The, the driving instructors would be raking it in if it did. But, right. but would you kind of, would you short circuit the number of lessons that you needed to have before you were given your license? Right. <laughs> or more importantly, would I want to ride with someone who took the crash course and go, I, I learned everything I need to learn how to drive in 90 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Literally the crash course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, I, I think it's, it, it may be possible with some, no, 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 not maybe. It definitely is possible with some things. Um, I have a friend um, I haven't seen for a lot of years actually, because he lives in, Italy, but I went to school with this guy and we, we kept in touch for many years and, and I've seen him a few times, uh, you know, since we, we've been grown-ups. but he, he spent most of his uh, adult life in Italy and he runs his own language school over there. So we've had many uh, conversations over the years about um, 
teaching English mainly as a foreign language, which is what it does. And why, mm -hmm. why is it so difficult for foreigners to learn, etc. But I once got hold of... Uh, is that how you learned? <laughs> being foreign, yeah. Um, learned, foreign, learned English, the foreign <laughs> language of English to you guys when uh, we brought it over. There was <laughs> you brought it over. There was a lovely uh, comedy sketch uh, here years ago uh, done by um, two women, and uh, one of them is looking around uh, at a college as a as a, a an adult looking for things to enrol in for adult evening courses. Right, and so this mm -hmm. there's a sign up over one woman's desk that says. English as a foreign language, or speak English as a foreign language, it says. So she goes up to the desk and she said, oh, I'd like to enroll for that. And the woman behind the desk said, but madam, you, you already speak English. And she said, yes, but I, I don't speak it as a foreign language. When I speak to foreigners, they don't understand me. It's <laughs> 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 a great idea. Um, so, <laughs> So I once, for myself, I had a set of CDs. I, um, I thought I, I thought I would, um, for whatever reason, I can't remember now, but I thought I would brush up on my very bad schoolboy French. We, I did learn French at school, and I, mm -hmm. I if I go to a French-speaking country like France, for example, um, I can just about make myself understood. But you know, not I can't have a conversation. Um, and so I, mm. I, I borrowed these CDs, I think, from the library. Uh, and this is, these are by a guy called Michel Thomas, if I remember. And he is the guy that teaches actors and comedians to speak another language in like a day. Um, okay. And, and, so, um, and so I borrowed them. And anyway, and then my friend who's called Mike uh, came to stay and I, I, while I had these CDs. Uh, and I told him about them and he said, no, no, it's not possible. It can't be done. And I said, well, why don't you just listen to, you know, a couple of tracks of one of the CDs? He said, yeah, yeah, I really want to hear it. And so I put it on for him and he went, actually, this is genius. It's brilliant. And the way it's done is the, uh, by comparing the language with, um, uh, with English. So that wouldn't work, for example, with uh, my wife's language because they're Indonesian, because there's absolutely mm -hmm. no comparison between the vocabularies at all. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody made up the Indonesian words. I tease her about this frequently. And then, Why would you call a squirrel that? You know, it's a squirrel. <laughs> Some, thousands of years ago, some Indonesian people sat down and said, well, what should we call that squirrel? I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I guess, I guess one of us has to do the speed reading course and read the book. So. Yeah, I get, I'll find the cliff notes. Somebody will always, all the bestsellers, somebody will put out a summary or the, you know, 10 minute quick notes or whatever they call it, or a blinkist or something. Well, there you go. So, you know, read the book in 10 minutes. Um, 
say <laughs> on how to be an expert faster. I'm going to read the exactly. short version exactly. of the book. Exactly. Um, oh. Well, no, go ahead. No, no, I was just, I was going to say, I, I did do a speed reading course once. It was just a one day thing. I don't know if it helped or not really, but anyway, no, go on. Uh. Well then, are you are you now fluent in French after taking that CD for one day? Well, I had the CDs for more than one day. Um, no, I've kind of <laughs> no, I forgot most of what uh, what what uh, what he said because I never used it. it. You know that that that's another thing. You've got to got to be using it. Um, right. But um, no, and and I think. His goal, uh, I mean, there were more advanced courses of his that you could get, but his goal wasn't to get you fluent in it in the way that we're fluent in English. Well, mostly, but uh, it was, um, it was, but it was, yes, you should have been able to, to hold a basic conversation. Um, and, you know, and he was very interesting. His, his tactics were like, I don't want you to take any notes. I'm not going to teach you vocabulary. You will just learn by listening, uh, and he has students in in the studio with him. He has a has two students there, um, so he's teaching them, and they repeat back to him. And, and you know, and you're like the third student in the room. It's it's if you ever want to learn another language, definitely get hold of his courses. He's done quite a few languages, but not Indonesian, to the best of my knowledge. It would not work <laughs> with a with a vocabulary that was entirely different, because that's how he bases it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I I think it's I think it's worth challenging these things. But I don't know. Does he specifically mention guitar playing, or was that just one of your examples? Um, <clears throat> not in the well, not in the bio description of it. Does he say uh, you'll you'll learn to play guitar? I was just throwing that in. Um, well, let's see. Now he doesn't mention the specific. Specific doesn't mention any specific skills, but uh, I'm still reading it. I was reading some of it. Industry disappeared, jobs, and I'm constantly curious. Yeah, I don't know. No, and the look inside because it just launched isn't available yet, so I can't even click and look and see the uh, table right. of contents just came out that says, oh yeah, today. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm open-minded to it. I don't know, but I'm, uh, jury's out, I think. I think it depends on the skill. That's that's where I would. Uh, yeah. And are hard, are physical books really still this expensive in this digital world? The, the Kindle version is $15.99, which I think is the max you can charge unless some people get the little bypass, but for the paperback, it's thirty six dollars. Wow! Yeah, you have to really want yeah. that, don't you? Um, yeah. Who pays this much? For, do people pay this much for physical books still? Yeah, well, they pay a great deal more for coaching if they want it badly enough. Um, <laughs> well, it's just that because most of the Kindle books now, you know, they range from two ninety nine. A lot of these bestsellers, big books, are two dollars and ninety nine cents. So mm -hmm. to see that the paperback is so much more, 
it's just uh, well maybe to... a, maybe a perceived value thing going on there is the author well known i i mean i can't remember his name because you couldn't pronounce it um yeah he was the uh the choose yourself guy he got really big with that choose yourself book and then he had the idea something it was a whole list of ways of sparking ideas i actually liked that one um but choose yourself i think was his was his first really big one yeah no, it needs to me. I, um, I don't know. So, but anyway, if he's if he's got a following, then I guess oh, a new book by James blah, 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 whatever he's called, um, <laughs> his his fans will pick it up. I I guess so. I guess I you're on the mailing Al, list. Al Altucher, A L T, like Alt. Yeah. U C H E R, Utcher. Oh, toucher, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm tempted to look now, but that would be distracting. Yeah, he had a he had a course and everything, and then he had reinvent yourself and all that good stuff. Um, but I think choose yourself was the one that really gave him global fame. His first really big one, um, and then somewhere in between there, he was. I remember in the beginning, he was always um, talking about him and his wife, you know, all the pictures and on his blog. He used to be a really prolific blogger, too. And then all of a sudden, he disappeared. Like a year and a half, two years, you didn't hear nothing about him. And then he, uh, then he re-emerged and blogged about it. And I think his wife blogged about it. It was supposed to be amicable that they had split. And that's why he was gone and was dealing with that. Yeah. Very familiar story, <laughs> but um, that's that's what I could remember about him. And then he came back and he started writing again. Uh, and I think that's why Reinvent Yourself came out. That was probably the motivation behind that. Um, well, but uh, well, first of all, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but first of all, to say, yeah, see, choose yourself because you've you know, now I've had to look. Okay, so first of all, I can say <laughs> that in America, you are being ripped off. Because here the paperback is eleven ninety nine, which would be about fifteen dollars, not thirty six. And the Kindle. Are you kidding? I am absolutely not kidding. Skip the line. Paperback huh. eleven ninety nine. Uh, came out on the well, top. Well, right. And the Kindle edition is nine ninety nine, which would be twelve bucks, I suppose. Uh, and choose yourself six pound thirty one, or free on Kindle Unlimited. Reinvent yourself. The Choose Yourself Guide to Wealth. James L. Tucher's story is a video. Power of No. I was blind, but now I see. Oh, wow. I've never heard of the guy. Hmm. Like a billionaire. Is he a billionaire? Uh, I don't think so. He's probably he's up there, but I don't think billionaire from his book sales. But he does other. He said he has courses and he speaks and does stuff like that too. But um, well, assuming but the that books he takes, his, assuming he takes his own advice, he should at least be thinking like a billionaire. Um, but he <laughs> doesn't necesarily make you a billionaire. And then it goes into the four-hour no. So yeah, no, I definitely wait. Pop over here. No, right, he, right here. He had one. He had one that was something about all about getting ideas. Um, 
I think I, t- I think it was called the idea machine, where it was just a long list of different ways to spark ways to come up with ideas to solve solutions. Whenever you're trying to figure something out, this is like this long list of, you know, it was like 78, 79, 80, whatever long list of different ways to come up with simple, like just really simple premise. But it was, that, that's one I think is a handy, handy resource. If you look up idea machine, I probably, I mean, I have it, but idea it was machine. a, and that's definitely what it was called. Short chapters. Huh? That's definitely what it was called, Idea Machine. Yeah, because <clears throat> it was just a long list of ways to come up with ideas for stuff, and some of them were pretty creative ways to... Oh, well, it's... Oh, okay, so he's not the main author. It looks like it's Claudia Azula Altucher, his wife, because she's the main... Oh, maybe. Maybe that was the... the he's he's on the... I, I think the... He's credited on the cover, but that's why I couldn't find it. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he was the author of that. But, yeah, they must have did it together before the split. Yeah, how do I transform my life? The answer is simple. Come up with 10 ideas a day. Mm. Yeah, I liked that one. I like the creativity as a niche in general, different ways to... I just like the way the brain works and learning different ways to spark it yes yes i'm for that i mean it's it's certainly got an interesting uh hey i hope they're going to pay us royalties when this goes out because we're going to sell a lot of their books um (laughs) (laughs) because one of the one of the lines in the uh in the blurb is people say execution is everything but that is also not true execution is a subset of ideas But there is no look inside on that one either. Um, but it's free on Kindle Unlimited or 99 pence to buy. Just suppose it's like a dollar twenty nine, is it? Something like that. Do you do you still have Kindle Unlimited, or did you finally let it go to getting overwhelmed like like I was with thousands no, downloading can't. thousands of books? No, I still have it. Um, and I still use it. The, the the book I've been talking to you about in another conversation, I've got on Kindle Unlimited, and I can't get overwhelmed because they've now updated the software, so I can't do what you used to do. I can't. I can't oh, keep them. We're not talking about. We're not talking about that. All right. <laughs> but um, so, Idea Machine is in Kindle Unlimited, so you can just you can download it for free and or with your membership and glance at it? I could do, except, yeah, my, I've got my library's full at the moment, but I could. But it's only, I mean, I could buy it. It's 99 pence. It's not exactly uh, going to break the bank. Uh, right. You're telling me it's worth No, that's a good, that's a good book. I do, I do think that's, that's worth having. It's, it's a fun read. It's, it just makes your mind different ways to think differently. If you actually do this, the exercises, of course. Doesn't work as well when you do nothing besides yeah, read it. Like me. that's the problem with these things, isn't it? It's like all the personal development courses that we've ever had that gather dust. I've still got cassette tapes. Um, actually, I, in fairness to myself, I, I think I have played most of them back in the day when I had cassette players at least once. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I was I, I was genuinely a consumer of the stuff that I 
paid for. But um, wow, gosh, when I think of some of the stuff that I mean, you must have done it as well. All the the courses and things that we that we used to buy, or maybe maybe still buy. I don't know. Um, books and things like that to 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 somehow improve our ourselves or our lives or do you still do that or is that kind of a <laughs> I, I am a firm believer in continuing education forever but it seems it, it does seem like an endless like when is it going to take we've <laughs> been reading this stuff for since you know since the early days teenage days and I think I first kind of fell into personal development and Anthony Robbins and you know, here we are decades later and still a mess. When, when does it take? Well, <laughs> Concepts are not being fully grasped yet, it seems. Do you think? Do you, do you really feel that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, not at all. No. It would have made a more interesting conversation, I, wouldn't it? But, um, right. No, I, I feel mind, just in general mindset and the way I look and perceive things now is night and day i mean part of it just comes with experience and age but a lot of it i think um i think i was very much shifted in the uh the whole the secret phase about 2007 the secret and four-hour work week and then introducing to mike dooley my, well, i read everything mike dooley put out that changed me it oh, seemed yeah. like that stuff started to like more yeah, that's amazing. You got a picture of it? Prove it. <laughs> um, no, I didn't ask him, I think, and he wouldn't do it. Um, um, yeah, no, I don't. Hmm. I, don't I, I have a picture with Michael Neal, uh, but not Mike Dooley. Um, hmm. But yeah, I was, uh, yeah, but I, I don't, yeah, I've moved on. I don't have, my life's okay. That's, I, I, and I'm okay. I, <laughs> Uh, and Michael Neal uh, quoted somebody, some Japanese wise guy um, who's still alive. I think this is not an ancient Japanese wise guy. Um, and I, I wish I could remember the exact quote, and I can't because it sounded better coming from that in that kind of Japanese kind of translated into English lilt. But it was uh, basically... Um, uh, you, you know, so many people spend so much time and money and energy uh, on self-improvement. Why do they do that when there isn't actually a self? Hmm. And that that kind of that does it because there isn't there. It's only your thinking, and so I can change that now. Mm -hmm. That is it. That's that's it. That's all. That's all the personal development you'll ever need. <laughs> <laughs> so that's skip the line. If James Alter just stick <laughs> pipe and smoke it, man. There you go. <laughs> just solved the entire personal development industry right there. <laughs> no one else. No one else needs anything else ever. <laughs> Well, solved. <laughs> it is. Uh, um, go on. Well, no, I was just going to say since this is, we've kind of tackled the inner game of business and marketing. Um, 
I guess, ideas. Getting creativity and getting more ideas is a good thread um, as a recommendation as a book for people to read uh, because it does help spark spark ideas. I think I think when I'm looking, you know, look back through my Kindle history of the last like 40 books I've read, I would say that, you know, back, you know, like I said, around 2007 and then before that, when I was all reading all of Deepak and Wayne Dyers mm-hmm. and Shakti Gawain and all of those that I was mm-hmm. in love with back then. And then, and I said, then the new age ones came out after the secret and, um, I said, I really liked Mike Dooley. I didn't like Bob Proctor at first. He seemed kind of infomercially to me. Yeah. And then later I started listening to some of his stuff and I liked it. And I, I liked the way he spoke and some of the stories he told and some of the stuff stuck with me there. But I think after that, I think there was a point where I was reading personal development books and I, and it wasn't having that same effect anymore as though it was like oh well i didn't know this this is mind-blowing this is definitely a different way a positive way to think and now yeah if you look you said if you look at probably the last 40 books i've written excluding fiction i think they're most that we'll find they're mostly almost all business books now or things that i think are going to help me with business as far as rather than personal development mindset you know, stuff. I think I more look at like books like this idea machine, because I think it'll help me be more creative with my work. You know, I think there is an important distinction here. (laughs) I think, I think there there is something that in what you're saying that that is worth teasing out a bit more because you're right. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously I haven't read ideas machine, so I don't know what the, what, what's in it, but um, you're just looking at the, the blurb on Amazon where it says, you know, taking action is a subset of ideas. I've, I probably will buy it now because I want to see what they say about that. Because I think that the distinction is that you and I uh, and people who are, uh, who share a similar mindset, let's say that, would, given given a good idea, uh, follow it through. Test the water, see if, you know, just, okay, let's explore this idea. You know, and have have a play with it at least, if not actually, you know, put something serious together and and take our businesses into an, another area or something. But uh-huh. there is still, it seems to me, a mindset issue that people uh, sadly struggle with, which is, well, my version of it uh, was. And I still still have this, but I I know how to catch it in the act now and stop it. Uh, and it was mm-hmm. an idea, and then which sometimes you know just pop into my head unannounced. And I go, oh, and then the next thought in the next nanosecond, the thought would be, nah, no, 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 I won't work. No, I can't. No. Hmm. And and then I I if need be, if the idea was nagging at me a bit. I would I would work harder to make sure that I demolished it because I didn't believe that in myself enough, not in the idea. The idea might have been junk. I don't know. That seems to be a common experience. I've seen other coaches talk about that, 
uh, and the imposter syndrome and who me this thing and there are books about that I, I think that 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 is I, I'd be interesting to see what what the old teachers because it seems to be the two of them uh, say in that book about that because it's fine to to come up with ideas but if you come up with 10 ideas a day by the end of the year you'll have 3650 ideas so what if you're not going to do anything with them brilliant hmm. well i think the idea is you should do something with them well yes but what i wonder is whether whether see it's that thing that i said to you in a in one of our um, exchanges on WhatsApp the other day about the difference between motivation and inspiration. Uh, well, mm -hmm. it, it kind of relates to that. Um, so shall I just repeat the, the quote? Um, you shall. I shall. Um, so for uh, Wayne Dyer, I got that from Wayne Dyer and he said, and I, I won't remember it word for word because it was in one of his talks, I think, but I do remember having an oh wow moment that is such a great distinction and he said something like motivation is when you get hold of an idea and want to run with it but the problem with that is that um the steam can kind of run out inspiration is when an idea gets hold of you and you can't help but run with it it's that kind of that's mm. not exact but it's i like i like that distinction that Motivation is something you kind of have to, to whip up and inspiration just comes. And, and the feeling mm -hmm. is quite different. I like this notion that you can, you can uh, there's an endless wellspring of, of ideas. There's no question that we'll never run out of ideas. Um, mm -hmm. And you know that I've, I've, cause we've talked about this before uh, and I teach it, but mm -hmm. you can't, sit and you know scowl and frown or chew the end of your pencil and look at the ceiling like we used to do at school and think of a new idea you can't make a new idea happen by some kind of force of willpower um mm -hmm. when we're i on idle when we're not idle in the sense of laziness but you know when our brains are not engaged in i must think of an idea um because Mm -hmm. There is no way that you can do that. Creativity has to flow. It can't be forced. Um, and again, be interesting to see what they say in that book. But um, well, there we'll see. Well, therein lies the problem with with inspiration um, is that it's unreliable in the way that I'll give you an example of how it's always basically a bad word in writing. Uh, it's almost taboo to talk about being inspired when you're writing as a full-time physician, because they say, you know, write and waiting to be inspired is the death of the writer. It's, it's, it's the only thing behind writer's block, which I know you don't believe. I'm just saying as a word of example, if you sit down, if your job is a writer, you had to write every day and you, and you sit down and you go, well, I'm not going to write nothing until I'm inspired to write something. You know, they say you'll have hungry children. The, the true writers are the ones that, you know, can come up with something and write at any given time. But mm -hmm. there's that, there's that weirdly strange gray area. Where is the line between like, how do you cultivate that? So that in a moment you can say, I need some inspiration because I have to write today. 
Okay, well, there was um, a book. Um, I'm struggling to remember the title or the author. It was written by, I know it was written by a woman. It might come back to me. Might, I think it might be called The Writer's Way. But that, I'm mm -hmm. but anyway. Um, that's, um, yeah, that's a good one. The Writer's Way is, it is a woman. Oh, I'm going blank. I think I have that on my shelf right here. Or while you're talking, I will find it on my okay, bookshelf. Well, I'm fairly sure it was in that book that her, um, like very early on in that book, maybe chapter one, her instruction to the readers who are, of course, writers or aspiring writers, is that every morning they should sit with a blank sheet of paper, whether it's physical or electronic, and do some writing. And that's how ideas come. And, and that write anything, write a stream of consciousness words, and eventually out of your diddling around, an idea will come. I, I, I know many guitarists who do this, who will just, they call it noodling on a guitar. You just kind of, I'm just noodling. You just let your fingers kind of, I mean, these are musicians who kind of basically know their way around the fingerboard. They understand the scales, but they're not trying mm -hmm. to make a piece of music. They're just noodling. And very often they know that a tune will come. Um, I've heard mm. Paul Simon talk about uh, writing, uh, well, quite a number of his songs, actually, but The Boxer, I think, uh, and the line, I am just a poor boy, though my story seldom told, just came to him. He had no idea what he was going to do with that. Um, he just wrote mm -hmm. it down. I, I, I still don't really know why that song is called The Boxer. Um, it's kind of have to work out for yourself i mean there is a it does mention the boxer in, in the clearing stands a boxer and a fighter by his trade but i don't know what was in his head when he wrote that down it's a very strange kind of but doesn't matter it's a world famous song it's probably made him a great deal of money um but the words just Great. and he, he i've seen him in an interview written interview i think talk about that he if he was if he wanted to write a song and he, he had no ideas he would play with words with the K or the L sound in them. He just like words with like Kathy and, and Kathleen and names and, and words with Ks and Ls in them. I mean, oh. that's all you need. There's no, it's like, if I do that, if I just play around with sounds and, uh, and, and words and, or notes on a guitar, fretboard, something will happen. It's trusting that <laughs> flow, I think. So I, um, I don't, I don't, yes, I, I get the thing about you can't wait for inspiration, wait for the muse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the thing, wasn't it? Wait for the muse, right? But, um, but no, as long as but you're you can kick start it, I beg pardon, yes, you can kick start it. I think but, that's right. You start, you, you, you have your intention in that, in that direction, which is, I think, what Mike Dooley would say. Wayne Dyer wrote a whole book called The Power of Intention. Um, and I think that's that's it's like setting the GPS. I want I want an idea, yeah. and your brain. But if you try and force it, it's not going to come. Right. So I so I I'm going to play some devil's advocate again here. So I agree and disagree with the with the statement you just said um, about trying to force it. The idea won't come because in an essence, you're still taking action here by doing something. So you're mm. kind of forcing it but in a playful way but anyway i want to i want to see if you can connect this to you may have read this I, i'm pretty sure it was 
um, Mike Dooley again, but you can correct me if it isn't. Oh, like I'm going to correct you. The book I have here by Julie Cameron. Yeah, is, Julie, that's right. The artist way, not the yes, writer's way. The this artist way. Yes, thank you. About. Yeah, that is. I got yeah, the twenty fifth. I got the twenty fifth year edition. Or wow. Whatever it is since it came out, but I think even this I've had for a good number of years. So it's got to be thirty plus years by now. Um, yes. Yes. Because no, I, I got this twenty fifth edition a long time ago. But anyway. <clears throat> um, so I think it was Mike Dooley's The Gap. Was he the getting in the gap? No. Or was that Wayne Dyer, Dyer too? Wayne Dyer, yeah. Okay, so I remember him getting a little nerdy parts of it. So you see how different brains work, what parts stand out. That's why they give all the different examples. But he was giving, in that book, I think he gave some scientific study where they were studying, you know, brain waves or whatever when they were, you know, they have the encephalograph or whatever on their brains uh-huh. while they're giving them puzzles, puzzles to solve. And maybe you'll remember this study. And it was, you know, say they were looking at either riddles or puzzles and they found that, you know, it wasn't a step-by-step process linking where it was, okay, you saw one clue, then you move to step two, you saw a little bit more, a little clearer of the picture than step three in a straight line. It said it would, there would be some work on the brain, and then the brain would stop, and there'd be a gap, and then all of a sudden there's a new idea that just appears. Wow. And all of a sudden, you know, it, it wasn't a connecting of neurons that just went from, I made the connection between this, the connection from that, connection from that, and then all of a sudden I arrived at the solution. They showed that when new ideas come, there's a moment of nothing in between, and then the new idea just appears. And he talks about how, so the book was about how to get into that gap where it's new ideas and inspiration stuff comes from, because it's not a, if I think about this long enough, think, 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 it'll, my brain will just keep making connections where you could follow a logical path, like a chain linking in your head that this led to that thought, led to that thought, led to that thought, and boom, I was at the solution. That's why they say, the whole step away, take a nap, get in the shower for a yeah. walk and do nothing because that's where, he, that's where he describes that gap, that new ideas, inspiration kind of, or not kind of, scientifically comes spontaneously. So again, how do you cultivate that if you have no control over it seemingly? Or, 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 or whatever your whatever your thoughts are on that study, if you remember it and whatnot, and I how it relates to. Study, but I, I remember the book, and I, I and I know he and Deepak Chopra did a lot of work around that time on on trying to get people to to meditate, really, which is what the getting in the gap was about. Um, and I remember uh, one of Wayne Dyer's talks. I had a lot of his recorded live lectures at, at one time. Um, and he talked about it and he got the audience to, he said the first line of the Lord's prayer, our father who art in heaven. Um, but he, he did it with a gap between each word. So he had the audience closing their eyes and he went, our father. And, and his instructions were to notice the gap. Now, my personal experience of that because I listened to that a few times was uh, was it didn't kind of 
I got what he was trying to do, but I got it in an intellectual way. It didn't, it didn't happen for me um, uh, in that way. The, the thing that got me is the thing that I've talked about before and you and I have experimented with a number of times, which, is, which didn't come from him. It came from Dr. Frank Kinslow, uh, uh, mm-hmm. who taught that thing about watching your thoughts, which he also got or extrapolated from Eckhart Tolle, 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 from The Power of Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching your thoughts and um that's how i got it that was like oh right I, I get it there's when you watch your thoughts and just wait for the what, what will the next thought be there, uh-huh. there will be gaps there will be moments when you're just waiting for the next thought when you watch your thoughts you have to watch your thoughts right so if you're watching your thoughts then to me, it was it just kind of like, oh, it all just clicked into place because it's like, oh, well, if if I'm watching my thoughts, then there is an activity called thinking going on. But that isn't me because I'm the one watching. And, right. and then for me, it was like uh, the metaphor was like, well, this is like watching something on TV. So if you're watching a drama on TV or watching a movie, whatever, you can be really caught up in the drama. You can go, oh, isn't it good? And oh my God, it's exciting. I can't wait for the next episode. And oh my God, what's going to happen? You can be really scared for the hero or the heroine, or you can cry with them or laugh with them or whatever. And at the same time, you know, nothing's actually happening to you. You're on your sofa eating popcorn. So, right. <laughs> right. So there's a part of you that kind of knows that at the same time as, oh my gosh, you know, Batman really could die this time. And um, mm-hmm. and so uh, it's that it's that sense of but that isn't me the thought the thinking isn't me and the gap is always there the awareness uh, and another um, metaphor that I like which came from from that era of the 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 people who came out of the secret uh, Dr Joe Vitali um, some of whose work mm-hmm. I, I, I'm slightly allergic to, but I have quite a, quite a bit of his stuff as well, which I quite like. So I have a, uh, not love-hate, I don't hate him, but um, a kind of, oh, come on, Joe, you're just milking it now, man, attitude sometimes. To some of stuff. <laughs> uh, and some of it is really excellent. So I, I give him house trim. And one of the excellent things that he did, and I think this is on YouTube somewhere as well, he talks about, and he's written a book called this, so he wrote a book called The Zero Point. And okay. I can, Sorry? I said, uh-huh. Yeah. And the, the, my extrapolation from it is everything has a zero point, right? So what he showed on the video, he does it live in front, I think it's done outdoors for some reason. I can't remember on the video. I remember seeing the video. Uh, I'm sure if you go to YouTube and, and, and search for Dr. Joe Vitale, zero point it must be there still but he's got um he's got an audience and he's got on a stage he's got a whiteboard and i can't mm-hmm. really get them to call it how many ways oh yes how many ways are there to uh to help yourself you know emotionally something like that so he says i'm going to start writing them down so he's got you know some marker pens on, on this whiteboard and so somebody shouts out i don't know yoga so he writes that down and somebody shouts out meditation and somebody shouts out, you know, Reiki or whatever, right? And, and on, on and on. And eventually, there's so many people shouting out. He says, can I have somebody help, help me up here? So a guy steps up on the stage with him and he gives him a marker pen as well. And eventually the whiteboard 
is completely covered. Uh, and the helper says to Joe Vitale, there's nowhere else to write. And he said, that's okay. As long as people keep calling stuff out, just write over the top of it. So they go on writing and writing and write until they completely obscure the board. All these ways to help oh. yourself with emotional problems, right? Hundreds and hundreds of ideas. And, oh. and then he says, now where's the board? Where's the white board? And, and they just go, well, it's underneath all the words. He goes, exactly. So then he gets a rubber and, and erases it all. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, cleaner. And because um, I, I suddenly realized in your country that means that word means something different. And um, <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> but I was okay with the visual you were striking. That's <laughs> um, just a language thing. And, um, um, and, and, and he, what he's saying is we've got all these ideas, all these ways of helping ourselves or each other with some kind of emotional problem. But actually, what you need is this blank field of awareness. Otherwise, you can't, can't have any of them. You have to have, there's a zero point to everything. And I went to a talk by a guy called Douglas Harding, who was, at the time that he gave the talk, about, well, no, he wasn't about, he was 90. Uh, and Douglas Harding wrote a, well, he wrote a few books, but the one that made him a minor celebrity was written in the 1960s, and it's called on having no head uh, and it became a sort of it had a following of its own it's only a little book um, and it was about an experience that he had as a young man in the 60s walking in the alps i think in a mountain somewhere and looking at the view and suddenly realizing that the only way he could perceive the view was because he couldn't perceive his own head otherwise it would have been in the way hmm. right and so <laughs> that where he uh, where he perceives a view, anybody looking at him would perceive a man with a head. But in order for him to perceive the view, to let the view in, there has to be this blank space where we think our head is. It was a really interesting workshop because he gets you to really experiment with it. Like he had, um, you couldn't do it now with COVID, but he had specially made uh, cardboard tubes that were big enough to get your head inside, right? And they were probably, I don't know, mm -hmm. two feet long. So you had to, <laughs> you had to sit, you had to put your head in, in one end of it and face your partner who would put his or her head in the other end of it, right? So can you imagine this? Okay. You're, you're completely in a tube looking at this face at the other end. And what he gets you to do is to say, is to think, right, so what I want you to notice, your experience of what, what's at each end of the tube. Because he said, I don't know what your experience is, but if it's anything like mine, it will be that one end of the tube is completely filled with this kind of complicated, opaque meatball. And the other end <laughs> of the tube is empty. The end where you are is empty. Because if it wasn't, you wouldn't be able to see the opaque, complicated meatball at the far end. Right. Right? And I don't know how well that comes in for as, a, as a visual description in audio only, but it was a powerful experiment. And we, it was like, uh, just everybody was giggling, of course. But the, you, when you really get it, mm -hmm. it's like, ah, oh, okay. And then he talks about, in order to be able to see what colors are in your eyes, right? So, and the answer is 
of course, there can't be any colors in your eyes because you would be blind. The only way that we can see is because there is transparency. And the only way that mm -hmm. we can hear is because there is silence, the indivisible zero point of everything. And the only way that we can think and therefore have ideas is because there is awareness. It is the blank canvas on which all experience is painted. Hmm. See, so ideas come when, when we stop thinking because when we are consciously thinking, the only things we can think are things we already, already have reference points for, which I call thinking inside the box. There's nothing wrong with thinking mm -hmm. inside the box. We need that. You know, you want to cross a road. You don't want to think, how do I do this again? That would be terrible, right? So mm -hmm. we, need, we need that ability. But if you want to be creative, you have to know how to step outside it. And therefore, just being aware that there is awareness, the blank canvas behind your thinking, which is where you go in meditation. It's where you, I don't know, I don't know if it's the same in sleep. I can't work that out. Sleep seems to be a different, uh, I'll puzzle that one out eventually. But, um, but in waking life, we can be, a, we, we, as far as I know, are the only species that is aware that we're aware. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the thing. I've, I've heard that. Sorry? Yeah. I said, yeah, I've heard, I've heard this a similar thing about that of all the creatures and everything on earth that, that yeah, we are the only ones aware that we are creatures roaming around on earth. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We're making a um, mess of it, but, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad um okay so i want to see if i can i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this home into the physical because i think there's a direct translation and also i like to split up between the the woo woo and the physical so mm -hmm. we scare everybody equally yeah um so with that, with that whole thing, as you were saying that, I was picturing the exact same thing about my own experiences and everything. And, and this whole online marketing journey when I was first trying to you know, do stuff online, um, you know, while I was doing real estate and I was thinking, hey, I want to also do an online business, you know, hearing all about that, like 2010, 11, um, maybe before that, actually. Um, anyway... Yeah, I think I started my first blog in maybe 2009, but, um, but the, the idea of what you just said, which is, it comes down to, if you want to use a cliche term, but that most will relate to, it comes, I, I was getting the visual of shiny object syndrome, that yeah. it's the same thing. You, when you want to sit down and go, I want to, to be general, I want to make some extra money online as far as say the, the I am niche, internet marketing niche. And mm -hmm. then you think over the last, even the, for the newest person over the last year, they may have bought at least a dozen products. That's, that's on the low end of somebody who's starting out, who just wants to consume more and learn. And you think, well, this course showed me how to do it on YouTube. This one showed me how to do it on Instagram. This one showed me how to do affiliate marketing. This one showed me how to do uh, solo ads. This one showed me how to, be my own solo ad seller. This one showed me how to build an email list. This one, and you're thinking 
all of these things that most people you get, well, myself, I'll just say myself, you get stuck going, what the heck is the right thing to do? And so I'll, I'll tell you about, you know, my start that I may have told you this story before in the beginning, when I started and I was making money online, made my first couple of bucks online. I was using the old Google sniper, which I said to this day, it's like 20 years later, that thing is still selling how or why. I mean, I haven't checked in a year or two, but when I did check a year or two ago, Google sniper was still selling on ClickBank as a product. There's no way. Wow. And HE double hockey six that it even comes close to being relevant or working anymore. And yet somehow that is still selling. So there's some, uh, the marketing advice there too, uh, for another topic. How we always, I said, I kind of pet peeve that people believe you have to have a new launch every other week. You know, you have to launch something. And then once the launch buzz goes away and it's dead, it was like, Oh, well, I guess I have to launch something else instead of continuing to sell the same mm. product. Once you yeah. found out it was working, but I go oh Well, that was two weeks. That one died. I guess I got to launch something else. Makes no sense. But anyway, um, so with me, when I, when I started out, I started this Google sniper. I was, this was before I had a whole bunch of other ideas in the head and I was like, I'm going to do it and, and it stick through it. And I had little notes and everything and I followed out and I got, I got some success. I had all of these quote unquote sniper sites. I said I had one on depression. That was probably my most successful because I was using, I was monetizing with AdSense and depression keywords while everybody else was getting AdSense for three cents and a nickel a click. I was getting five bucks a click because depression keywords were the hardest to rank for, but I had, that's where I also accidentally discovered on curation. And so this had this huge, at the time considered authority site on depression without ever writing a single article. It was all curated done in a specific way uh-huh. that just drove traffic like crazy so trying to rank for these high-end keywords on google was never going to happen like i didn't try to put mesothelioma i remember that was like a 15 dollars keyword that people pay google adsense and trying to rank an article for that <clears throat> would never ever happen but anyway so i kept doing these little five page or mini sniper sites and then expanding them when i started doing curation and i had um, you know, my depression sites, I had beauty niche sites, I had doggy sites, I had um, teeth whitening sites. That was the other one that was, yeah, yeah, that center. one wasn't AdSense. That was, you know, that one was centered around a ClickBank product on teeth whitening. But I said my, my snapping point was um, when I was found a keyword following the sniper and I was writing, trying to write articles on how to hem pants. So that was in the whole, you remember the short, short tail keywords. It was always, I mean, long tail keyword, find this long tail keyword that fit this criteria. So many people were searching it a month, but only a small amount of people were actually had articles that were ranking on it. So yes, I built a whole site. I think it was called how to him pants.com. And that was, that was when I thought that that was my snapping point. I was like, what the heck am I doing? Like I got all these sites, all this different stuff going on. When I said I wanted to write and blog, this is not what I meant. Like this is not fun. Yeah, sure. It's making money and it's profitable, which is that gray area that people get stuck in. They get 
stuck between doing something and joy and I just want to do something that makes some money. And then I remember losing it when I on the, the hemming pants site <laughs> and I deleted all of the websites and people, you know, looking well, back on it, people are like, you're crazy. You could have damn sold it. it. The sites are I was going to ask you about that, but anyway, there you are. I wanted to hem some pants. Yeah, no, I, I uh, damn. I thought you would know. No, <laughs> <laughs> that one, I did not make it to completion. I was like, this uh, is, it was supposed to be selling. I was selling again. It was some affiliate product that at the end, it was selling them this little magic thing that could hem your pants in like two seconds or something. Oh, this little tape and iron thing you did at the, I don't remember what it was, yeah, I was yeah. trying to sell, but so I ended up deleting everything and becomes to just what you were saying just there, instead of just deleting the hemming pants site and, and just continuing all the other ones, I felt I had so much invested in clutter and mind and all of these sites and only thinking of how can I build more sniper sites. I was like, this isn't the way I wanted to be going in order to clear my head and figure out a different brand new direction. I, I needed to wipe, wipe the board clean. Right. Um, and that's why I did it. So, so I didn't know that was why I was doing it at the time. I just know that my mind was, wrapped up in all of these sniper sites and i just knew that wasn't what i wanted i wanted something new and i said not even having that lesson i just knew if i just deleted one and still had all of those you know other dozen sites i wouldn't have still been able to move to the next level of what i was thinking i wanted to do which led to so much more i think if i didn't clear the board and delete all those crap sites i would still be working on them day yeah. in and day out and I yes. wouldn't have learned all the other stuff and then went through the direction that I went going forward. It kind of changed everything. But yeah, I snapped. I was like, no, I just deleted them. I just killed them all. That's, that's a, a perfect example of that thinking inside the box thing. Because once you've got the idea of the, of the Google Sniper and the Sniper sites, then you, you, know, you built one, then, then obviously you, you, know, you ended up building a small empire of them. And had mm -hmm. you not wiped the board clean, it would have been really hard for your brain to not, you know, you could have got rid of the, the pants hemming thing and kept all the others. And well, I'm still making money and blah, blah, blah. Okay, but I want to do something else. Oh, but here's another one I could do a sniper site with. It would have been really hard to break out of that yeah. box of thinking because that was the box you'd built. It was working, obviously. <laughs> Pardon the pun, but ticked a lot of boxes. But yeah, no, that is, um, yeah, that's a, that's a perfect example. And I must have taken some guts, really, as well, because it was making you money to just kind of go, okay, I'm deleting mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, right. Think. But yeah, perfect. Well, I don't think it. Really, I don't think it really took guts. People were, I said every time I tell people they're mad or frustrated when I tell them how much the the depression and the teeth whitening and the sites were making. Um, they kind of get mad at me because they're like, I'm working for years to get that. So I don't tell people how much money the sites were making anymore. <laughs> yeah, can <laughs> imagine. Because, be, well, it's because I still, at the time, you know, I've always had, you know, real estate was my main income. So it wasn't really, I didn't really need, I wasn't relying on the income from those sites. So, because um, I, because I saw the real estate, but but I wanted to do, you know, something else 
and I, I wanted to be able to write. I wanted to make a difference. You know, I was blogging and personal development and all this other stuff. And then, yeah, for people, again, who most people I'm hoping probably don't know, I remember of the jargon of talking about a sniper site, Google Sniper, which you could probably just Google it, but it was a course a training course that was like one of the first main viral ones that I know about that was a huge bestseller that taught you how to make money online by building these tiny little websites targeting one long phrase. So basically you found a phrase that people were commonly putting into Google that didn't have a whole bunch of sites targeting it. And you made the website that long name, like, um, uh, like how to himpants.com or I'm trying to remember what my teeth whitening site was called. Uh, uh, it was, no, it was how to whiten teeth. It was even longer than that. It was how to whiten teeth naturally. I think that was the name of the site. So yeah, you basically name your site a phrase that people search in the Google. And the idea is yeah. your domain name matches exactly what they're searching. Your, your site would show up first. There was a change, wasn't there in the rules? Because uh, as, yeah. as I remember up until a certain point, I can't remember the date, but uh, you, uh, a domain name could only be, was it eight characters or 15 characters or something? And then it suddenly they changed it whoever controls the mm -hmm. domain names said, actually, now you can have as many words as you like. Uh, and so that's what enabled, that's what made that possible to do. I do remember that, um, that, that era when everybody was like, yeah, buy, buy the, find the phrase and then buy the domain name that matches the phrase. Exact match domains. That's what they're yeah. calling exact match, match domains. domains yeah. And long tail, Long tail keyword softwares became the rage to find all of these golden long tail, long phrase keywords that didn't have strong competition. And everybody was buying domains like crazy that had these long names, like how to whiten teeth naturally in California or something. It was, it was not, Bonkers, yeah. I was like, what am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, excellent. Right. Well, I think on that note, are we, um, <laughs> I, I, I can't think of anyone. So, so, um, well, oh, well, yes, there was one, one point I did want to raise actually, because I did notice, um, you know, and it's on, you know, this is recorded so that you can pronounce mesothelioma, but not my name. <laughs> well, I think mesothelioma is an English word, so it, it oh, essentially think? is less letters than your name, because I think every letter counts for three in, in Devon, Devon for Shire. Yeah. In the Shires, in the every Shire. letter counts for three. That's what it is. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, there, there. There is one more thing I kind of did want to want to talk about. I know we're, we're running over, but I'll just mention it and we'll decide if it comes up in the next in the next show. Maybe we'll discuss it. But okay. since I started off talking about Altucher, which I said I'm probably butchering. So there you go. Mm -hmm. um, probably rhymes with butcher. Was was sincere. <laughs> we're talking about marketing again a, a little bit here. It gets we keep somehow getting distracted by talking about important stuff. Um, the, 
I wanted to kind of talk about maybe next week we'll bring up the distinction because I think it's a fascinating one about his book and your reaction to it. So when I was kind of hearing and listening to your reaction to shortcutting the 10,000 hour rule, Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I mentioned guitar and your first re- gut response was kind of like, yeah, you can't learn that overnight. So I just wanted to and not discuss it. I'm just putting the idea of an idea of we can that, that's worth dissecting mm-hmm. is the importance in marketing of because we talk about this often is importance in marketing your business. If you want to stand out and people to really remember you. You have to make a bold and important, interesting claim that solves something in a unique way. So we've been talking about how I said I have emails in my LinkedIn because I have so many connections, probably 50 a day with someone saying, hey, I can generate you more leads for your business. And I open the next one. Hey, what we do is we generate people more leads for their business. The next person says, hey, more leads in your business? I can get you more. And so pretty soon... You know, you sound like everybody else. It doesn't do anything. I go, yeah. So can a hundred other people in my yeah. inbox. So, so, you know, that doesn't that doesn't make me go, ooh, Kenya. I would really like to hire you. I didn't know people were out there doing that. Um, so, on the one side of it, you have to make a bold claim that makes you stand out, um, that people uh, will, can relate and go, wow. <clears throat> Um, like like debunking myths, like the 10,000-hour rule. But there's the caution between claiming something so bold that it sounds unbelievable and spammy, like in this, in this realm, like saying, like saying, hey, I've got this three-click software where you work 10 minutes a day and you'll make $40,000 that we pour into your PayPal by midnight. You know, it, the claim is so outlandish that, People go, yeah, right. That's a scam. That, that's not possible. I, I don't even believe it. So, I think that's. I think. I think that's a good discussion to mm-hmm. distinguish between because I think his is right in the middle. So him saying you can be an expert in something or whatever in a fraction of the time to some that one was a wow, really? How? And to others, when you start relating it to your own industry, you go, no, that's not possible because. You know, like you said, you went on that whole thing about finger muscle memory, even the tips of your hands, knowing where to put them, all of that, or someone driving a car or performing a surgery. The, the common one is I don't want somebody who read a book and tried to crash course expertise themselves in a week. I want somebody who's been doing it for years. Brain surgery in a weekend. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would not go with any doctor that goes, oh, no, I took the, took the speed course. I learned it just this week because I, I heard about your surgery was coming up and I wanted to do it. <laughs> so, Don't worry, it's just a squidgy I, bit there on the left. We'll soon have that out. Yes. If you want to make a note to make a note to discuss, I think that's I, important. I've made, I think note, we should... I've made the note with my good old-fashioned pointy pen. There we go. And I think we should have on next week. I'm going to, I'm going to find a guest, someone related in this industry in marketing to discuss. We'll find that and make it a little more interesting. Like we keep saying we're going to do because, because, because yeah, you have to make a bold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, you, you have to make a bold claim 
uh, to stand. If you don't make a bold claim, you don't stand out. But if you make a crazy bold claim, then it's unbelievable and you still repel people. So finding that balance of a unique claim or unique selling proposition is tricky because you want to be clear on what it is you're doing and not sound spammy. But, you know, sending me another message saying, I can get you more leads, you know, that's, that's one thing. And another, if they also, if they sent me a message and said, I can get you 4,000 leads by the time you're done reading this email I'm sending you. And you're like, okay, that, that sounds crazy too. I'm still going to delete that and not respond. So yeah, striking that balance and accord, being unique and authentic and still getting that wow factor from somebody, um, I think is a good balance. So we'll talk about that whole 10,000 hours offer, but I think it should come up. So anyway, um, I think that's kind of spot and rambled a little bit more, but, um, if you yourself personally, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you read it this far and you would like to get your whiteboard cleaned, <laughs> um, have a clean slate so that you can let ideas and you know your own personal idea machine between us we can help you do that if you've got a lot of ideas all these different things you want to do but really don't know which one to go forward with um that is one of our specialties we'd love to chat with you we set aside some time for anybody who's listening to this to get on a chat and work through your business personally for free trevor was the one who offered this first without mm, any of his own consent on the one of the first <laughs> That's true. but but we are now doing it offering it to anyone who listens to this call to the end by going to www.coachlikes.com slash garden party or coach i believe it was slash garden party coach come party and we will teach you how to make 10 million bucks by tomorrow morning <laughs> useless just useless oh, is, that, is that not good <laughs> uh, your, uh, your heart is in it <laughs> your heart is in the right space so that's that's all that matters okay. but otherwise yeah you want to get on a call and clear out your head and get some uh a fresh a fresh start of ideas moving forward Go to coachcomeback.com slash garden party and you'll be able to choose Trevor or myself um, to get on a call and we'll work through it together. Um, otherwise, that's all I got. See yes, you next Tuesday. That's all right. We will see you next Tuesday. Indeed, we will. I like it. Right. Good night, everyone. Goodbye for now. <laughs>